0: Alright, guys. Casino Royale was a movie about poker, and Bond was able to figure out Le Chiffre's tell fairly early on. Uh, if you guys are lying to me, what's your tell? How would I know?
1: Honestly, and this is actually a legit answer. This isn't me just dicking you around here. Like Honestly, you can tell if I'm lying if I go into detail way too much. Because usually when I lie, and this goes with werewolves, this goes with any other kinds of games, if I'm if I'm giving you too much information, that means that I'm probably fabricating a good portion of it and I'm just trying to make it seamlessly feel like it makes sense. I'm going to cut
0: you off there because it's pretty obvious that you're lying to me right now with how much detail you're <laughs> going to do about that. Steven.
2: Uh, I don't have a tell. I just
0: stall for. And uh, my tell uh, is very literal. I just tell you. Time. Steven, I'm gonna give you a point. Shay, I'm gonna give you two points.
1: Alright. See? Rock and roll.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to From Under a Rock, the podcast dedicated to taking you out from under the proverbial rock on movies you should have seen by now. I am your host Michael Ornellis.
2: I'm Stephen Zarita,
0: and I am Shay Jones, just Jones, just joining, Jones, joining us again yeah, for two another in a row. Movie. Yeah, good to be back. Can't believe we uh, we saw you a whole week ago. I know, and it feels like just moments ago. It really does. Yeah, but. uh. I I think
1: I'm even wearing the same shirt. Yeah. 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 I
2: see you've changed your shirt, Mr. Jones. Or wait, no, you haven't.
0: (laughs) So perfect. How many times can Bond change his shirt in one movie? (laughs) It's actually what the movie was about two things. It was that and unrealistic poker. Oh, my goodness. That
2: unrealistic (laughs) poker, though. The the movie, by the way, is Casino Royale. So we know there's some high stakes
0: gambling going on in this one. There is very high stakes, uh, very casino and very Royale. Very much so. Yeah, and uh, you can probably tell Shay is a bit of a poker player, and, he, uh, and he's a I bit think of a Bond fan. And Bond and fan. He's basically the perfect source to talk to you about this, this ne- specific specifically movie. this movie. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Here's the thing: I'll get into a bunch of the poker fallacies a little later, but one thing I will bring up with it: these guys are playing for 150 million bucks. They bought in for 10 million. Some of them bought in for five. Uh, rebought for five million. But notice that like every single time that somebody makes a bet that's not an all-in, they're betting like two hundred thousand yeah. or three hundred thousand. And it's just, you know, in single chips. And they've got mountains of chips. And I'm like, hang on. I feel like as this tournament progresses, the bet should be getting bigger here. Didn't feel like it was. But anyway, we'll get we can get into more the
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: into more of the poker stuff a little later. I'm the complete
2: opposite of Shea here because I've watched like no James Bond movies and I've never played poker. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Our pick for next week's From Under a Rock will just be poker, and we will just play poker. And yes. we'll, just and then an Stephen, hour of mostly
1: silence, but me also stalling. And then, uh, and then at the end,
0: Stephen will rate poker. St- Stephen
1: will be stalling the entire time. <laughs> I will just be talking a lot and going into too much detail, and you'll literally tell us you're blog. Guys, I... <laughs> I have a really good I'm hand. I'm going to lose. That's
0: not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked this movie because it is... My favorite James Bond movie, GoldenEye being a close second. So it's been a treat to watch those two movies for two episodes in a row. Yeah, I remember because I I wasn't ever a huge James Bond fan growing up, but then Casino Royale came out and I was like, I am in love with this interpretation of Bond. I thought Daniel Craig was so different from all the other Bonds in that he is just balls to the wall intensity.
1: Yeah, let me say that with, you know, with Craig. This definitely feels like a a step in a completely different direction for Bond. Like you know, you go back to the first nineteen movie first twenty movies, and you know, they as a whole really have a completely different feel than the past three that have come out, and I imagine Spectre as well when it comes out mm-hmm. in November. But yeah, Craig
0: well, he's- relative to when this podcast release, Spectre comes out in three days.
1: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. lovely. All right. Well, uh, I mean, Craig, he really he is the the action star in terms of the different Bonds that there have been. Um, and this is he's he's a he's a grittier Bond, and and to me, when I was watching it for the first time, to me, it didn't really feel like a bond movie in the way that i'm used to it it felt like a spy action movie a little bit just because of what i'm accustomed to but but really you know as i have watched the past three you know it it's it's like you said it's just a different iteration of bond and it's going in a different direction and i actually really do like it so i'm actually really excited to see how specter
0: is going to turn out yeah uh, you mentioned last week you said you're not really a fan of Skyfall. Does that mean you think it's bad or it's just not one of your top movies? Skyfall
1: or? for me uh, it was a little hokey and what I mean by that is when you know when it was coming out it was the 50 year anniversary for mm-hmm. Bond and whatnot, and there were a lot of references made to like past Bond but it because like Aston
0: Martin and stuff e- like that. Yeah
1: but a lot of them seemed way too over the top for me and I don't know if that's because I've like, like, watched all of these multiple times and I could catch the more subtle things
0: like they were like like ham-fisted in there yeah very, oh, okay. it,
1: very in your face i mean the the aston martin was one of them but i and you know with the cheesy line like you know we're going back in time and all that stuff but yeah but i mean uh, you know some other examples um when he's on the island with um silva. with bardem's character yeah silva uh the uh they they take a shot of alcohol and he's like, it's 50 years old. And they like toast. And (laughs) in my head, I was like, Oh my God, that's, you know, it, 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 that one's not in your face, but because, you know, from the marketing and everything, all I was thinking was 50 years of bond and I go in and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this movie. And I, you know, watched all the trailers, all the TV spots and whatnot. And, and, and so seeing a lot of that stuff, kind of it, it, it cheapened it a little for me,
0: because um, it's I have it as my third favorite Bond movie, or I think fourth. I think I have Goldfinger ahead of it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I love Skyfall, and and a lot of it goes back to just I'm a huge fan of the way Craig plays Bond, right. and and Quantum was a misstep, it, but it I mean not necessarily in the way he played it, just the movie wasn't great. Um, but so so getting another daniel craig bond movie that was very good right. was very satisfying to me so
1: back to casino uh royale though what did uh uh steven said so this was your first time seeing it yeah. uh i asked you last week your favorite part of Goldeneye. do you have a, a favorite moment from casino or oh man you know i i noted it while it was happening but i'm forgetting it now i
2: really enjoyed the <laughs> not poker there was a scene where there's a fight in a stairwell, mm-hmm. yep. and then it you know descends all the way down to the bottom floor. Really good action choreography. I, I really
0: liked that scene. That was my favorite. Actually, uh, the, the action choreography yeah. in this may be the best of any yeah. of the movie. Although, very very And then good.
2: also in a very you know, I might like the intro more. Just the parkour. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, opening the, definitely. Yeah. one and we talked about it last week with the um the intro of GoldenEye.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, that and the intro here for Casino Royale, easily two of the best, well, the, if not the yeah. two best. Well, the intro
0: here was the black and white.
1: Right. Oh, you right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I guess but, technically this was the third scene. But, yeah, you know, yeah. whenever people refer to a Casino Royale intro, they're talking the, about right. The, the, right. the
0: chase. Yeah. yeah. It's glorious. It is so good. And then, like... It escalates so much. It literally escalates it up a building. It literally escalate. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I, it, the... Going back to just the choreography in general, in this movie is so good that even if you take that scene out of it, people would still be talking about the action. Like, I love the the chase of the guy who's trying to take At out the that, airport, the, the airplane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and I think that would be the most talked about action you know, scene that in this movie. It. That was, this, oh, if that wasn't in there, if the opening chase was, this in there. has a
2: lot because I, I remember now during the movie when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, this one's my favorite. Yep, because that one goes all over the place they really use the trucks and the airfield and everything they can and yeah bond you, you the it's so satisfying when you see bond put the little keychain bomb on the yeah, the yeah. Uh, with the, the Caribbean head yep. yeah. on his belt loop yeah Oh, man. There's a lot of good stuff in this. Um,
0: before we
1: get too far, Michael, can you give us a synopsis of uh, the movie? Let's plot? have Shay
0: do it again because Shay is really good at Bond movies.
1: Yeah. Okay, sure. So uh, in this Casino Royale, if we're going chronologically, actually, Casino Royale falls at the beginning of all the Bond movies. In the beginning, he's just gotten his double-O status, mm-hmm. uh, which gives him a license to kill. And uh, so we start with him chasing down a bomb maker. They're trying to figure out what some – some sort of syndicate is doing what their plan is, who, who this organization is, and uh, he's, they're not able to find it out directly from this bomb maker who ends up getting killed after uh, um, you know this fight goes down at, at the embassy. Um, but through some investigation, Bond is able to basically track him to a member of this organization named Lashif. Through these investigations, um, they find out Lashif is hosting a poker game in Montenegro. They stake Bond in the game the, with the plan being for Bond to win. They can take down Lashif. And as the movie continues, we find that Lashif is actually just a pawn and that there's a much more sinister group and a bigger picture behind him, which is just touched on at the end of the movie and kind of really leaves you on this cliffhanger of knowing that you know, oh shit, there's a bigger story here and and this this group is not to be messed with, whoever mm-hmm. they are, so. Yeah, that's, uh, I want to talk a little bit
2: about the, you said chronologically this is the first Bond film. Right. And even in the, in last week with Goldeneye, we, ha- we had like a, an opening scene and then nine years later is the rest of the movie and then you asked, oh, I wonder if other Bond movies took place in that interim. Can you tell me a little bit about like, Should people look to look really hard for a chronological order? Should they look at a continuity? Because we have, if this is the first movie, okay, but then it's odd that in GoldenEye, Judy Dench would be the new M if that happens later, but she's M in this supposed first chronological movie. Like, is it not meant to be looked at that
1: close? No, I don't think it is actually. And I was looking up uh, just to to try to see if I could find an, an answer for what the, uh, chronological sequence is as a whole for the series. Um, I think it's pretty well established that Casino Royale is, is the first one. Cause yeah, that's and, where he gets his double yeah, O status. They talk and then, about it all the time. Right, He's a rookie double uh, O. And, and Dr. No, um, which was the first Bond movie is widely assumed to be, you know, uh, apart from this current sequence that we have with the Craig movies, which are kind, of, it's almost like a reboot. The, the Craig series yeah. is almost like a reboot. Um, but, Dr. No, in terms of the first 20 movies, is definitely the first one. Um, w- now, whether they all go uh, time-wise, you know, chronologically, I'm not sure, but it's pretty much just become uh, canon to say that, you know, from the first movie through 20 is the order that you generally go in for this. Okay. Um But, yeah, like I was sa- saying last week with Goldeneye, there's, you know, that nine-year gap in between, and it's, you know— Bond's had so many missions that you kind of wonder, I wonder if during those nine years, if some of these other movies occurred during those nine years. So that's kind of an interesting way to look at it.
2: It's a really interesting series to look at when you have so many actors who have played James Bond and it's taken place over so many decades. Like in my mind, even this is weird that I would come up with this theory as someone who's only watched now four james bond movies in my mind it's like you look at the major events and like who the villain is and what their major plot is don't look at the technology that would date it don't look too close at the actor or the age just these are the adventures of bond and in this episode he hit these bullet points and in that episode he hit these bullet points watch them in order um it's kind of like weird tangent Superman returns where Superman returns is a sequel to these movies that took place in the seventies, but you just kind of have to accept it as a continuity and be like, Oh, well he loved her and they broke up and he left for Krypton and blah, blah, blah. So just, that's how I kind of resolve it in my mind as someone who's seen a whopping four. (laughs) uh, I was so confused before I came up with that. But yeah, no, I
0: really like that though. It's a really interesting series to watch with that in mind. Yeah. And with this chronologically being the earliest one, it actually gives I think the reason I think this movie is so fantastic is it. some of the plot points and the way Daniel Craig plays it explains a lot of how or why Bond is the way he is. Uh, for instance, the whole love story with Vesper, I got super invested in that. I mm-hmm. I love that. As did he. Yeah, and but that explains why everything after that... Uh, Women aren't as... The, Women are more disposable to him. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could just, in the end, he had a phone call with M at the end of Casino Royale and you could just see how like already callous he was mm-hmm. toward this woman that he was ready to give everything up for Um, and, and just seeing the way that that uh, was partially a learning experience and partially a uh, emotionally traumatizing experience for him. He's a very damaged guy after that moving forward i wonder if they'd ever do a bond movie where he first meets
1: 006 that i would love to see something like that yeah makes it feel kind of like a a prequel to gold knight
2: gold knight but you'd be able to completely tell your own story because it'd be so satisfying to see them go on a mission successfully together definitely and maybe a little bit of uh bond being more about the mission and not about the people to plant that seed, but let it do its own thing.
1: You know, I think that something like that, I don't think it's too far fetched. Am I saying that it's going to happen? No, and it probably won't, but I don't think it's too far fetched for something like that to happen because something that kind of did uh run through my mind watching Casino Royale is that Vesper um, in the terms that this, this is really only the second woman that I think Bond has ever really fallen in love with. Yep, The first one, obviously being Tracy, uh- And which which was was on Her Her Majesty's Secret Service exactly, Um, and you know with with it so widely agreed that from Casino Royale on feels kind of like a reboot. It feels almost like they're visiting motifs that have been explored in other Bond movies and kind of you know adding. Adding more to it. Adding some depth, um, yeah. I mean, with Skyfall and Spectre coming out, um, Spectre, of course, being an iconic organization in the Bond movies, yeah. we're, we're seeing kind of a return to those roots of of things that we saw back in the Connery Bonds and the Lazenby and uh, even a little bit of the Moore. Yeah. So, um, so I don't think it's completely far-fetched for them to
0: go back and to, explore some exactly of these Exactly, to yeah. explore
1: some, some characters we've already seen yeah. in, in previous Bonds. Yeah.
0: Steven, so yep. I really like poker. I can actually turn it on TV and enjoy watching it. Shay, I'm sure it's the same for you. Absolutely. I imagine that as with you not being a poker player, you could have done without a lot of that in this movie.
2: I, I would have been so much more into this movie if they were playing a good old game of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I'd be able to tell you, like, hey, I that's his life you, points Yo. right there. Let's make that movie. <laughs> I'm all for it. Oh, my God. I need five million more. No, he has a blue eyes. You can't beat him.
1: Blue eyes wasn't even that No, good. he's
2: not. Stupid he's not. Kaiba. Um, but there's only three of them, in the four of them in the world, and he tore up one of them. Uh, no, yeah.
0: I, uh, did, it, did it hurt your enjoyment of the movie with how much poker was in it? Or the, the
2: fact that it's poker doesn't hurt my enjoyment, I just, I compare, like, uh, it's kind of, everybody talks about how this new series of Bond with Daniel Craig isn't as campy and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of toned down. And I think that just really epitomizes it where in GoldenEye, which we just watched, you know, he's got to stop this satellite from launching an EMP laser that would take out an entire city and send London back to the, to the Stone Age. Uh, and this one the stakes is he just yabba has dabba to win doo. a yabba-dabba-doo he just by the way the Flintstones is an alternate timeline of what happens to yeah. London
0: if, <laughs> if he if, fails in if, GoldenEye if he fails in GoldenEye the that's Flintstones are that's why everybody speaks born.
2: English Yeah, and for some reason dinosaurs oh James Bond is a dinosaur of the Soviet era whatever. Yeah, yeah, there we there go Dinosaurs, it's, it's, all there. it's all there <laughs> uh, that's my fan theory no but then the, the stakes in this movie is you have to win a poker game and I got the stakes and like as the, the money got higher and you know we'd be funding terrorism and I get they that if they take all the money, then the other guys can't be terrorists because they have nothing to fund it with. Yeah. But it's just like, man, the, the action was kind of missing. There are action no, scenes. No, the action was action not scenes. missing. I no, will. but the action isn't the main means of stopping the villain. Right. The action but, is just fair. side stuff. But,
0: but Bond has always been equal parts mind as well as, yeah. as body. Yes, but I'm just
2: talking, like, do you see how this represents that toned down sure. versus GoldenEye, which was... I'm not going to call it, action, it toned
0: action.
1: down. I'm going to call it different. Basically, kind of kind of what I'm getting from this conversation is Bond's main goal in this movie is to win a poker yeah. tournament. Yeah, when, versus, when, you, when you boil it down yeah. to it, that's what he's trying to do. Whereas in a movie like GoldenEye, he is trying to stop a space laser from obliterating a yeah. major city. So when, when you just put it into words like that, like if I... Did not watch either of these movies. And I just read the synopsis for them. Bond plays a game of poker. Exactly. You know, that. that's. <laughs> yeah. And. and but, but. And falls in love. Definitely. So. And, and I think part Italy. of that is why. You know, on my first watch with Casino Royale, I was like, this was a really good movie, but it didn't. It didn't feel like the quintessential Bond movie to me. Um, and. For me I think it's for a couple of reasons as well. I mentioned last week one of the big things with Bond is the villain. And for me LaSheath isn't a great villain. Not at all. The the acting is fine and you know as a character he's great but he doesn't he doesn't feel like the big Bond villain I'm used to. Now there's a reason for that. Yeah. And it's because as I was saying he is a pawn. He his, the point of his character is to let us know there's this big organization behind him. He's just the puppet. There's a puppet master pulling the mm-hmm. strings somewhere here. So it's kind of setting the tone for these future movies where they're going to, you know, reveal more of this organization and the big players behind it. Now, have they done
2: that in the Craig movies? That's since kind Revealed of what Quantum more? of
0: Solace is supposed to be. Okay, yeah.
1: that's what I thought. I bev-
2: I vaguely remember it, but it was something about like water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so Quantum definitely focuses a little bit on this same organization. Skyfall is kind of just uh, an It's own interject- anniversary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, it a celebration. The and then
2: Spectre yeah. will, is back into the timeline. Spectre will be back into yeah. the timeline. Into, into the, the setup. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, right. Interesting. Well, I and guess I'll have to see most Spectre. most likely be Spectre. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> the fact that the movie As is the called Spectre I think is yeah. – Pretty much Q and me that the Spectre organization
0: will that, be that, or movie. there will be a killer cameo by Inspector Gadget. Oh, oh my goodness! Uh, which is the which will be Q. Question that, No, no,
1: no, it's Christoph Waltz for sure. He's Inspector Gadget in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Now, I got a
2: question, <laughs> and it's kind of I'm just saying Inspector Gadget would be Q. It's kind of like a note on movies Definitely. now versus older movies now. It seems like all the older Bond movies before Craig were kind of like one and done. Here's the villain for this one. Great. And then they're all just nice little wrapped up thing. You could jump mm-hmm. into any one and be like, oh, that was great. And then this one was great. And that one was great. And this one, it's setting up this whole overarching thing. Do
0: you think that kind the, of... I mean, that did kind of exist before, but it in was... Bond it, movies? It, yeah. Oh, okay. But it wasn't... Was
1: it not as heavy? It, it would, wasn't
0: as heavy, but I mean, it was still there. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I, I do kind of agree... Uh, with Steven on this one, just in the sense
0: that the— It's it's more purposeful here. It, yes. It, 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 yeah. like, it's like we want to make you want to go to the next movie to get questions answered. Yes, definitely. As opposed the, to— The
1: Craig Bond movies definitely feel more sequential. And like the—I mean, definitely with Casino and Quantum, they're definitely— you know, you watch them back to yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Quantum is referring to things that happen in Casino Royale see, and so forth. first
2: Bond movie I ever saw was Quantum so I'm sure it was like however many years ago but I was like, I don't know what's happening.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, just with the opening scene where he opens up the trunk and Mr. White's in there before you oh, go to that... the credit sequence. Yeah, that's the guy that you just watched get shot in at the end leg. of okay. Casino Royale. So, so they it... are
2: in Europe at the beginning. Yeah. Exactly. I need to rewatch it. See, no, I wonder though, like for me personally I think when a movie does that, like spends a lot of time to set up the next movie it detracts from the movie you're currently Definitely. watching i just thought that with back to the future too I was like man this movie spends a lot of time setting up the third one i do and,
0: think that in most cases i don't think that about casino royale well i i do
2: and for me it's because i thought this movie reached a great ending point even though i was like well that's kind of not the climax i was expecting from a bond movie but you know when uh you know he Puts, he's won the money, he's done with the torture scene. he's at like the hospital out on the lawn and vesper he, he he's making out with Vesper and they get the money and blah blah blah. I was like, okay, I guess they won, but you know that feels like a conclusion to me, and I was like ready to go I was like all right let's I was thinking let's get ready for the podcast but then it like it kept going because there's more to it, and in my mind, I was like, man, there's not enough time for them to fully resolve this. this pacing is just really off for me right now, so that's why i'm talk- what what I'm talking about with it, it it detracts for me.
0: Well, for me, that's where I feel that it kind of harkens back to the fact that it is a bond movie in that you can't end a bond movie with him with a girl. Yeah. Something has to happen to that relationship to that girl.
2: How's he going to get a girl in the next one? If he's still in a relationship, unless they, yeah. Yeah. Unless they pull a karate kid and they're like, Oh, she broke up with me since the last movie.
0: Yeah. Who's the girl? This one. Has there ever been a, uh, a bond girl appear in two movies? uh um, like a love interest bond girl
1: oh goodness you'll have to give me a second to think about that one come back to me on that one i feel like there may have been i mean if we're not counting money penny you know right um there's always been that kind of that tension uh money penny is like the secretary you saw her a little bit in Goldeneye. she's like the secretary that has that
0: they yeah. he had like a remember he she was like you got to make good on your promise in GoldenEye. oh yeah 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 Okay, yeah, I can see how she
2: doesn't quite count for Goldeneye. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they were setting her up for a sequel. It totally took away from the whole... I'm kidding. Well,
0: she's always worked at (laughs) uh, M1-6. M2-6? M3-6. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Shay, let's get into the poker.
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, Yeah, after a quick thought, I can't... First of all, I can't think of Bond Girl. I don't think there was. I don't think so either. Um, Oh, no, you know what? There there has been one actress who has been a uh, Bond girl in multiple movies. That was Maude Adams. She.
0: But I'm talking about character. Was she
1: character? No.
0: That's what I meant. Okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah. But just for that tidbit, Maude Adams was in both The Man with the Golden Gun and Octopussy.
0: Okay, so. Um, I can't not hear. I can't hear that name and not cringe. Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, the poker. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the main complaints I feel when 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 people talk about this movie and and one of the things to remember about casino royale was that when it came out it was definitely in the heart of the poker boom that started back in 2003 so parkour boom and the parkour boom yes of course (laughs) who can forget the parkour boom of 2005
0: well what i what i'm wondering is is it a chicken or egg situation did bond start the parkour boom or did the parkour boom inspire
1: bond I'm I'm not sure if you're actually saying parkour or if you're really bad at pronouncing poker.
0: Both parkour, Parkour. I don't sound like Been that. <laughs> there, parkour, parkour. Parker, Parker. <laughs> parkour, is what I said. Poker
1: and parkour. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, maybe maybe Bond it's, was the trendsetter on that. Chicken front. egg, chicken, chicken egg. egg, yeah. Which came first? <laughs> but but you know, with with the the poker thing, you know, it, I feel like and i enjoy it because i i play a lot of poker i enjoy watching it um but i can definitely understand how people who don't might feel a little alienated by it you don't fully know the rules mm-hmm. you can kind
0: of get the gist of what's going on in it um yeah i feel like a lot of the drama that they built cuz like there is a lot of poker in this but i will i will say that like every poker scene had a different plot point right like it it, it wasn't just like we just, poker for the sake we of we poker. feel like adding yeah. more poker is right. to yeah. the it. dynamics
2: like, changed each each
0: new yeah. hand you know so th- there was like a different goal there was a different outcome there was a different reason for everything so you know it it was there it wasn't all necessarily gratuitous but you're absolutely right in saying like a lot of the big moments in the poker playing itself relies on you as an audience member knowing the rules cuz like right. something that like to us feels like oh my god i can't believe that just happened and steven's like is, i don't know what is, just happened is that
2: is that what's on the table? He has two
0: cards that match suit. Yeah, yeah that's all I that's, know. That's part of why I've never gotten into poker. I'm like, man,
2: I have to memorize like what suits and hands and everything is better than others. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! Now the rules are just right on the card. Okay. 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 <laughs> so again, if this was high stakes Yu-Gi-Oh, everybody would get
1: it. Le sheep yeah. might have had a better shot if it were high stakes oh, Yu-Gi-Oh as well.
2: <laughs> I would love so much to just see, like we said, let's make our own Yu-Gi-Oh version of this our own Yu-Gi-Oh high stakes thing. I want to just see Daniel Craig play Yu-Gi-Oh in the next Bond movie. (laughs)
0: That'd
2: be great. That'd be pretty sweet.
0: And then he gets poison.
2: Oh my gosh. I just figured out what we're going to do for the poster on this one. Great. oh it's gonna be great oh i'm great. excited for
1: that no but uh continuing with the poker thing so actually the most realistic hand that you see out of any of them is the first one which is where the two comes on the river and the sheaf has a full hand two is full of nines and then you don't see bond's hand that was the most realistic and then they just got egregiously worse from that point on um so one of my big pet peeves is kind of with mathis narrating what's going on mm-hmm. during the bluffing hand because i
0: th- hated that too yeah
1: the first thing is you know you you see Lasheef have his twitch and then it cuts to mathis who's like there it is the tell Lasheef is bluffing well here's the thing Lasheef hasn't put his bet out yet so you can't say he's bluffing because he hasn't done anything oh. he's like look bond was right Lasheef is bluffing but Lasheef hasn't done anything
0: what he should have know? said is Lasheef is telling oh <laughs> my goodness
1: from a, uh, oh, yeah.
0: Because well, he was doing his tell. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know. I got, I got where you're going with okay. that. If, um, it, was, it
0: wasn't even a joke. It was just that's what he should have said.
1: If, if the, the editing had changed a little bit to have Le Chiffre putting the money out and then they say, look, the tell, he's bluffing, then I'm okay with that. But continuing on, Mathis probably says like three times. He's like, Bond will have to go all in to, to call Le chief's bluff. And, I mean, a lot of that is the narration for the people that don't follow for me and don't know what's going on. Exactly. Um, You know, that hand that Bond loses on, it's a a very improbable hand. It's not as egregiously bad as the last hand, which I'll get to. But, you know, uh, I was even okay with that hand. What I wasn't okay with was so many people being like, oh, you lost because of your ego. No, when it comes to poker— it's standard for you to call all in with that full yeah, house. house. Now, even I got that. Exactly. Like with
2: what little I knew, I'm like, man, you can't lose with that hand, right?
1: So, and then of course the the final hand is probably the most statistically bonkers poker <laughs> hand you'll ever see in any medium. Yeah, because basically the first thing that happened is Mr. Fukatu has got King Queen of Spades, so he's got the best flush possible, which is okay. Next guy's got pocket eights, and so he's got a full house, eights full of aces, which is also fine. Um, it's getting to be a little much when the third guy in the hand, and of course, all these hands get better in sequential order, yep. has a full house, aces full of sixes. But then the icing on the cake is that Bond has seven five of spades for the straight flush. First which of all... Which
0: makes no sense
1: for him to get that far in the betting. Well, not entirely true. They mentioned that there's, I believe... On the turn, there's 24 million in the pot, which means that these guys with four people in the the pot, you could surmise that each of them has put six million in the pot at this point. Um, Now, if Bond just sees a flop, and this is me getting super into poker, he flops a flush draw. So he's probably going to keep going with it, and he hits the straight flush on the turn. So I actually don't have a problem with Bond being in the hand. What I have a problem with is that all of these hands, which are astronomically hard hands to get – well the straight flush at least. And then for there to be two different full houses and the nut flush in all in one hand, totally ridiculous for that to happen. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's also kind of, you know, if you're going to do poker, why not show the biggest, craziest hand to end all of it? Cause People aren't gonna be excited if oh Bond He won with two pairs Bond yeah. won the whole tournament with two pairs, sevens and fours.
2: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that is, it is really boring. And I thought he had lost when he did that. I was I was really confused on that last hand. I, I asked you to explain
0: it to right. me just like you did now. He like flipped the five seven yeah. and you're like Bond lost for like and
2: we're like, oh Bond won. See, that's when Mathis leans over and tells Vesper everything you just said. Now you see. And then <laughs> Exactly. Whispering. And And, and
0: he even is like, this is astronomically high
2: odds. It would be much better if he landed on a crazy hand of poker. I mean, this is the last game of the tournament.
1: As a heads up, it, it, a fun little Easter egg in this movie—I didn't call it out while we were watching—but when Bond uh, first inputs his code, his six-digit code mm-hmm. for the the bank system, the last two digits that he hits, I, I, I believe four, he goes seven. five four seven. Yeah, five four seven on the keypad. That's not correct for spelling Vesper's name, though. Mm-hmm. It would the end. I believe would be it would be something like uh 737 seven would be the the final 3 digits. So that's just a funny easter egg.
2: Yeah, to spell vesper you would need 8377 37 37 37, yeah. Man, who remembers texting on a numpad? Me. Good times. <laughs> Not really. That's cuz you still do. Yeah. Uh <laughs> anybody got anything else before we move on into ratings?
0: Uh Oh, the Goldfinger thing!
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's another fun Easter egg thing. And it, it you know, this one's a bit of a stretch, but it's a, a a cool fan theory that that I've come across is that at the Ocean Club, when Bond first arrives and the that one dude mistakes him for being a valet, people have suggested that that character is Goldfinger, which is a really cool theory because one, you know, he's driving this gold. Uh, Land Rover? This, Range Rover? Yeah, this gold Range Rover. He's got this German accent. He even is a little, you know, he, he's a little pudgy. He looks a little like Goldfinger even a little a bit.
0: Big, he has like a goldish yellow color scheme going on with his dress. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that that's also kind of a,
1: a cool theory. I mean, there's nothing to support it, but you know, just kind of a, a cool nod yeah. to it. Yeah, definitely. You
0: have to think that's intentional though. There's no oh, way. for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: Alright. Ratings. Ratings. Well, ratings. There you go. There it is. Who wants Uh, to go first? I'll do it. I'll get it one of these days, guys.
0: (laughs) Do you remember the name of the podcast that you're on right now? No. Okay. (sighs) All right. Well, I'm going to just rate this movie. I'm going to take away a point from you. (laughs) Because that was disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is my favorite Bond movie. Uh, The action is just the best for me like the the action scenes are so well done and and not even just the way uh like the choreography of them but the way they're shot uh because by contrast quantum of solace also had really good action shot in a much less satisfying way it was kind of those really quick cuts and stuff and you don't really get to see any sustained amount of action and that was kind of popularized by the Bourne franchise which uh i'm not a fan of that type of uh portrayal on screen of action uh, so uh, this is the best in that regard I love the love story between Vesper and James and seeing the way that it psychologically affects him I love the idea of seeing Bond as kind of a rookie 007 uh, he makes a lot of mistakes he uh, is very hot-headed and uh, impulsive it's just it's, it's a take on that character that we hadn't seen before and it's very welcomed because when you have 23 movies going on 24 now and and at that point you already had 20, you want to diversify. You don't want to just put out the same movie 20 times with, you know, fill in the blank with different things. So for that, uh, this is the only movie, the only Bond movie that I would rate higher than GoldenEye. I give it an A.
1: I give it a B plus. Um, and you know, for, for me, I kind of talked about last week the things that really make a Bond movie a Bond movie for me. And as I mentioned, no rating is going to get higher than GoldenEye for me. But things that I think this movie did really well, like you said, Michael, are how they introduced Craig. And Craig's role, I thought, was great. Vesper's as well. The entire you know protagonist side of things, I thought, was exactly what I want from a Bond movie. For me, it really was the villain and you know kind of kind of the bad guy portion of this you yeah. know we don't we don't get the the bad guy lair and the super cool bad guy plan we get you know from the beginning the bad guy is kind of screwed he's on the run a little bit you know what's his what's his plan to to you know, fix things. And, you know, it, it, it turns out to be a poker tournament. So even though the, the stakes are high, the, the way of accomplishing <laughs> because of poker, because it's poker. Uh, I'm glad you got that. Yeah. The, the means of arriving to the end that Lashif is trying to get to feels a little small to me, despite the fact that I am a really big poker fan. You made a great point that you know after there have been twenty twenty movies and so forth, you know you don't have to just have the you know fill in the blank with this villain with this plan sort of thing, um, but at the same time I, I I don't think when I went into Casino Royale I was fully ready for a storyline that's going to um, serially progress through the next a few movies, movies and whatnot yeah and, and and I do kind of enjoy that type of Bond movie that is kind of just the, you know, it's the a new villain done. this time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look back on all the Bond movies in terms of recurring villains and whatnot, you've really got, you've got Blofeld and you've got jaws and I can't think of many more that are in multiple movies, but overall I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great new take on the Bond series. Um, the action was great. Um, the, the story was really good and the, um, performances, and uh the uh the action did I not say action you may have uh, the action and the action
0: were good but the action was better there you ah. go i mean i'm going to give you your point back for so what's the final rating
2: you? i gave it a well, uh, b plus that's right yeah. so that leaves me I really loved like the characters and the motives were so much more believable in this one. Like I, these seemed like way more like real people. Both when Bond is pursuing the goals of the mission and pursuing his personal interests with the uh, women in this movie, uh, I believed him way more. It made way more sense to me. Action was great, uh, even though I wasn't a fan of it as a movie. You know, yeah, you can do high stakes poker, and as a movie, I think yeah, I think this did this, you know with the dynamics and stuff pretty well, maybe not the specifics of the poker game, but I got the dynamics of what was happening. I I still, though, I really thought like the pacing was really odd for me. And I think that just kind of detracts because a, you have a villain that doesn't seem as menacing and b the story just feels wonky as a result. And c I feel like, well, why didn't you show me the really important stuff? If there's more later, I don't know when you're setting up for more movies. I feel like I wasted my time watching this movie. Then if you want me to get to the third one, so, yeah. All in all, I'm going to give this movie a B.
0: All right. All right, all right, all right. Let's Matthew McConaughey right there and do some math. And that gives us a B plus. Nice. All right. What's next?
2: Challenge.
0: That felt good. That was nice. That was very good. This week's challenge was a very famous scene that we didn't even actually talk about in our discussion where uh, Le Chiffre has Bond tied to a chair with the bottom removed and he's swinging a rope underneath to mutilate James Bond's scrotum. Uh, and he's trying to get the password to transfer funds of the money that he lost to Bond to get it back. Didn't work. Bond didn't talk. But he would if you do the right thing. What's the right thing to to do to James Bond to get information out of him. Keep in mind, you are not a hot chick. You are yourselves. You, you
1: know, you're, you, you won't be completely happy with this because uh, as I go into more detail and convince you that I'm actually <laughs> lying to you, I'm going to give you straightforward the way that you would get to James Bond, and it would be by threatening physical harm to Vesper or... Uh, You know, Tracy, if you're talking back in the day, but a woman that he loves. But if you're looking for just like a standalone method, I don't know how to get to this guy. You know, Uh, a lot of these movies kind of um, paint him as being kind of this uh, cold hearted guy, um, you know, very, very detached. You know, He, he doesn't have any family. He's an orphan. There's there's not a lot that he has allegiance to apart from his country um apart from his organization. So that's why I think to get to him you'd have to do it by getting to one of the few people that he cares very much about, which in this situation in Casino would have been Vesper or, you know, someone like M um
0: someone at M16. <laughs> well, that just seems accurate. So I'm going to go ahead and give you two points for that. Cool. Steven.
2: The all the training that James Bond must have gone through at MX6 makes him extremely... I mean, we see it right here. He's pretty impervious. Not impervious to pain, but like that's not the method to get him to talk in torture. He kind of spits it back in your face, jokes, says, Oh, I have an itch. Would you mind getting that? Just to really egg the torturer on. Even laughing and saying, Yes, more, just to bug him. So that's clearly not the way to do it. And... You know, maybe in this movie, you could get to him by, you know, threatening the woman he loves. But later on in the series, you know, he's a lot more of a cold hearted agent, dude. dude. So, you know, women may be more disposable to him. So, I mean, pain won't work.
0: Maybe a tickle fight will tickle his feet a little bit. Tickle his feet. Oh, he'd give it up. Well, like Here's yeah. the thing. That was going to be my original answer. I I thought of something different, but just for that, I'm going to go ahead and give you five
2: points. (laughs) All right. Yeah. No, I mean, everybody loves a tickle fight. He's going to start laughing. He's going to be, they're going to be buddies. And he's like, you know what? Why not? You can have the cash. You're a cool guy. I haven't laughed this entire movie. And for that, that's worth $10, $150
0: million is a laugh. Yeah. Tickle fight. (laughs) Michael. Um, so even though he was torturing him for a password, what he really wanted was the money and bond's not going to give it up. You're not going to be able to torture James Bond into giving up that information. So here's what you do. You find a document that James Bond himself have signed. You go to a crooked notary Republic that you can bribe and you forge James Bond's signature onto his will. And that way, you can kill him, and uh, but first you make a will that makes you the sole inheritor of all that money. So that way, you don't need James Bond alive, and you can keep all that money for yourself, and then you cannot be killed because you're a cowardly villain who is just kind of a pawn in things. Uh, that's how I would do it. I, I would put myself on his will. Simplistic, yet elaborate, Right. Tickle, like fight. tickle fight. Tickle fight. Tickle fight. Come on. Can it be a tickle fight with a notary republic? Is it notary Republic. Well, public, I mean, you have to bribe, not bribe notary the notary, notary republic. republic, so I'm sure that's where the tickle fight yes. comes into play. Notary Republic. You yeah.
1: know, alternatively, you know. Guys, it, you guys can award me points, too. No, absolutely not. Nah. Alternatively, <laughs> the, uh, you know, if, if you wanted to come up with just a, ridicu- a ridiculous method of torture that could probably make anyone talk, all you got to do, blindfold the guy, Put some headphones on. Play the same song on repeat. Yeah, I'm talking like some Nickelback stuff. <laughs> Look at this and, and Hold on, hold on. Put a, feed a tube into his mouth. And the only food you feed him is salty oatmeal. And I guarantee you that
0: after like 10 salty oatmeals, he'll be ready to talk. Salty oatmeal sounds pretty horrible. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think you can find something worse than Nickelback. Find some, what's worse than Nickelback? Think of like what one song would you put on there?
1: You could do, like, a uh, the wheels of the bus. You could do something like that, because that would drive anybody insane. See, I'm going to
0: na- give you an extra point for that. I
1: appreciate you.
2: Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. I hate that song.
1: Michael, I'm going to give you four points for yours. I'll come back to that. Uh, Man,
2: y'all both gave, like, really dark answers, like, real right. answers, and I was like, tickle fight. I guess y'all each get two points because y'all were, like, being real.
1: Steven, honestly, I I I feel like uh, your answer deserves yeah. that, that one. So uh, how many points does Steven have compared to how many you have? I'm going to give him the exact amount of points he needs to beat you. <laughs> That's
0: all for the challenge this week. <laughs> um, well, we have an interesting situation anyways uh, because... The points don't matter this week. Yeah. Uh, Next week will be our last podcast, maybe ever, but definitely for a while. Last of the season. Season finale. Yeah. Yeah, we can call it that. Uh, And therefore, uh, we have some special things planned that we're going to keep under wraps. uh, And that includes a movie that I will be bringing to the table that uh, Stephen doesn't know. Nope. No, I have no idea. Uh, But let's just... Let's just say we're probably going to have to censor a lot of the episode. Oh, man.
2: Tune in. Thanks for listening at From Under A Rock on Twitter. or, yeah, or yeah. Uh,
0: Whatever. At, at, at FUA Rock Podcast. We're on Facebook slash From Under A Rock. Email FUA Rock at gmail.com.
2: Rate review on
1: iTunes. Do all
0: that stuff. The normal social media stuff. Shay, anything you want to plug that you didn't plug last week?
1: Oh, that I didn't plug last week. I was just going to plug the same thing over and over. I had a very unproductive week. Um, <laughs> I haven't done much with my life since the last time I talked to you guys. <laughs> that's, so that's Maybe fake. watched a movie or two. Hey, once again, if you didn't check out that Ice-Tastrophe trailer, it's as great <laughs> as it sounds like it would be. I'm at Stevens Zerita on Twitter.
0: I'm at TouchButtPro. And I'm Shay Jones. And this was an episode that I want to thank you for joining us for of... From, From under, under a, rock. a rock. You got it. You I'm, I'm going to give you your point back just for knowing. Well, you, the you, s- the podcast. you know that when I said no earlier, I did actually know what it was. I don't know that, but now I do. I didn't
1: go into detail. That's how you know I wasn't lying.
0: Ha!